Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hot news, neighborhood goss. Uh, This is going to be a nightmare for sound design, but my neighbor's got a rooster. (laughs) Oh, hey, my neighbors have rooster and chickens. And it's not it's not too bad. It's only like certain times of the day that they make all the noise. It so I just open up my back door and I because I, I was like, what is no you you open no. up your back door and you're like, quiet, quiet on the pack. <laughs> That's what you say. Wow. wow. <laughs> I, just heard, I just was like, it was like, <laughs> and I was just like, no, just out my back door. No. Um, I, I, I live in 120 square feet in Times Square, so you <laughs> will you will hear a siren, and I'm sorry, Brian, in advance. Oh, oh, I heard one I, already, and I too. was like, someone's in a city. I think it. I like the peppering of a siren in the background. It's dreamy. It's either that or my drug addict neighbors. So, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It, it, my well, drug addict neighbors well, also a rooster. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> well, he's a real cock. Uh, well, guys, guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And joining us today is a third co-host and guest for the first time on the podcast is Michael Munoz joining us from Times Square, Manhattan. What? Hey, y'all. Hey. Ugh, that's that's how you intro yourself. Okay. Yeah, that's I mean, how. how else how else does one do it? Well, I'll have Brian put like a little echo on that. So it like at, right at the end will echo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're gonna auto-tune you, baby. What if we auto-tune him for the entire episode? <laughs> You are experimenting with this new technique where we auto-tune our most fabulous guests that come on for us. Uh, they sound incredible. Well, yeah, let's just let's just try let's, it out. Should we try it like out? It. Yeah, let's. Well, you guys, exciting news that we have Michael with us because he's got a food-related podcast that y'all should be checking out. It's called In Your Mouth Pod, and he has got a just a wealth of episodes you can check out. Um like us. So a big binging worthy catalog. And he's here today to talk all things food and serving and, you know, all the shit that side work does. So welcome, 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 Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited. And and thanks for the plug. I always say start from the back. It's a it's a metaphor for life when you listen to my <laughs> podcast. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta know your way around the back. Honey. Um, Listen, because I can tell you, there is a lot of people out there who don't know their way around. That is a <laughs> There's fact. a whole episode about it, like a- two of mine ago, but that's a whole nother story. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just I don't know why. It's, here we go. Already off on a stupid tangent. But I, you know, like 
Okay, so I went to see our chiropractor. Andrea and I go to the same person. So does Brian, our sound engineer. Our whole mm-hmm. group of friends see this really crazy woo-woo chiropractor. He's amazing. He's like a he's like a comforting dad. Whatever. I walk into their office yesterday and it's, you know, they do temperature check. You have to be masked. They're, they're doing all the right things, right? And I come up to the door and I can see through the glass that there's just some bitch standing in there yapping her mouth with no mask on, talking to them both. They're like standing there frozen with masks on. And I was like, hey. And I started like waving my arms, like trying to get their attention where I was like, I'm not I'm not coming in there. What are you doing? And then I heard the lady turn to me. She goes, oh, I guess I have to leave before she's comfortable coming in. And then uh, she walked out and I, I had sunglasses on so she couldn't see the stink eye I was giving her. But I was like, yo, what? You know, and then I walked in and I was like, what was that? Like, who what? They're like, she's not a patient. She's not a patient. She works down the hall. We did not know she was just going to come charging in here. Or whatever. And I mean, I had a meltdown. I was like, this is the only place I go once a week. Like, and I need this, like, so for my health and blah, blah, blah. And then they started talking some shit on her. She and her husband have an office down the hall, and they're both Los Angeles based lawyers who are anti vaxxers, anti maskers, and Scientologists, the trifecta of evil. It sounds like it wore a square on that <laughs> lawyer, one. Lawyer, anti-vaxxer, <laughs> anti-masker, Scientologist. When, when someone says you're a square, you have to encompass all four of those things. Now. But I was like, could you be more evil? I was like, I am. I didn't have time yesterday, but I'm like, I'm going to yelp their business. They don't know who they just messed with, but they believe they know more. <laughs> they believe they know more than we do. And that. What they had told my already insane sort of woo-woo chiropractor is that the government's trying to do mind control by making us wear masks so they don't wear one. And I'm no. like, you think the... Go- Just a f- friendly neighborhood. We share the same offices on the same floor. Check in. And that's L.A. No pigs. And that's L.A. in a nutshell, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I was... I, I mean... I was just wow. Isn't that like all QAnon related though? I just fell down a QAnon hole and I had to stop myself because it's a it's a very dark place and a dark spiral. (laughs) Well, and I also find myself, you know, getting ammunition and loading up the car to go look for some children in the basement of an arcade. Right. You know, you gotta know when to say when. When you're putting a (laughs) missile launcher into your Subaru, it's time to chill with the QAnon. Right. I just have a big laser that I got from a friend to start wildfires, you know. <laughs> was she Jewish? Too, but I, I had to. Yeah, it goes into space. Yeah, it's too much to oh, handle. God. It's oh, like, Lord. Like, I understand that, like, the what's happening in the world right now, like, there's so much trauma that it, like, leads for your brain to, like, invent, like, different outlandish scenarios to cope. Yes. But this is insane. Yeah. Like, is that is that the coping mechanism now that, the, the, like... There's a you can't handle a pandemic and everything that's happened. So you have to like blame Jewish space lasers. Like, is that the or norm? Reptilians. Have you discovered the reptilians? Oh, yes. Th- that that is have. another very dark and dirty Twitter hole to fall down. All right. Yeah. Just gird your loins if you're going to do it. Gird your loins. What a great In the dirty use. Twitter hole. Oh. Conspiracy. 
Well, you guys, I'm ready to gird my loins and get into this episode today. Look at him just serving up transition fodder. I love it. We're just <laughs> have to do a little dirty work real quick, Michael. Um, so pre-shift meeting, guys, real quick. I uh, just want to say there's a contest still going strong right now to rate, review, yeah. and subscribe. I know you're out there doing it, but there's already a hot contender for fourth place, which, as you know, is not any of our actual merch, but <laughs> a fart in a jar. Yes, yes. One fart. We I, we haven't decided who will fart in said jar no, yet. Um, <laughs> we didn't know you wanted that. If if we. Yeah, but 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 do remember uh, first place is a lovely 86th t-shirt and then second and third are both posters and then yes fourth place will be the the, the fart in the jar um please get out there subscribe rate review write a review this is how you enter the contest we just want you to get out there and like give us a bunch of fun fun new reviews uh because that boosts us and, and we want to incentivize you guys exactly. for doing that so just make us chuckle with a great review it's been a delight uh and then join our patreon we're gonna po- uh, post new content up there like usual every week or two we're getting something on there and i want to welcome kimberly batone batone or batone either way hey girl hey thanks for joining we see welcome. you we appreciate you okay so michael <laughs> last week in our episode we had some chit chat uh, that we kind of heard through our server submitted stories that we get from around the country. And someone was talking about their bar, which I found out was located in West Virginia, but I won't give any other details because I'm not supposed to name them or the place. But the place had a power hour. Are you familiar with power hours? Yeah. You just drink as much as you can for an hour. No. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. at a discount. Uh, yeah. I I knew that. I've just never done that. So we did have some response to uh that topic. And also, um, you know, if this is getting TMI too fast, uh, we're uncovering a phenomenon that happens globally, but definitely here in the United States. Um that when you go to shop at a Target, something overtakes your bowels and you immediately have to go blow up the target bathroom oh yeah like you hit that like one <laughs> section in the back that all of a sudden yeah. you're like why why do i all of a sudden have to poop oh yep. my god yep so it's a phenomenon and let's uh i've got a little bit of feedback on that andrew did you want to read the feedback for this Oh, absolutely. Okay. I will. All right. Here we go. So power hour is generally done with beer. Once uh, I once participated on a trip to Canada when I was 22, but with Goldschlager. <laughs> oh. oh, God. The results were unfortunate. Yeah, I bet. Also, I uh uh-huh, have bathroom issues. I can't poop on the weekends and no one knows I shop at Target on Sundays. Not because I enjoy throwing away $100 every weekend, but it's the only place that my bowels feel at ease maybe it's something in the air who knows thanks for keeping me cackling on a weekly basis never been in the service industry but i've been more than generous with all my service after listening to you ladies thanks again um that thoughts <laughs> concerns um t- like that's amazing do you think a doctor prescribed that therapy <laughs> i mean you know, 
Yeah. I just, how is power hour related to pooping? Can we start there? Okay. Well, it's well, not. She was touching ba- touching on two topics from last week's episode uh, because right. we were professing to not really know what a power hour was. So she schooled us. But then also added the caveat yeah. that she did it with Goldschlager, which is like, oh, that's, that's what not you do a power when you're 15 hour. and then you shit your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Everything, all that tissue's young and yep. fresh. You just, you know, you, you, you know. But yes, those are just two main topics of last week's episode. But yes, and then moving on to the target phenomenon, that is incredible to be to be like the only thing that releases me is the 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 bullet and the redness and who knows subliminally what else is happening at a target. And we've had some theories. I like what Andrea sort of said is like the overstimulation the, and the excitement about so many consumer products available at once that your body gets overstimulated and then you have to run to the bathroom. Also, I feel like even if some of these targets do not have the glorious in-house Starbucks in it, they must be wafting coffee scent through the air at all times, which causes you to immediately have to run and go shit your brains out. Wait, Michael, you had the butt doctor on your episode that I was listening to. And he was saying that stimulation, something like coffee triggers your stomach to empty itself and i and that's got to be the same yeah, thing uh, right? i mean the i don't think he was talking olfaction sensories right he was talking like ingestion but right. i mean i i have i have it on firsthand account here that there used to be a place in princeton new jersey i think i think it's still there uh the princeton record exchange and everybody once you hit the back section with all the old records and cds you immediately had to leave to go to the coffee shop to poop so I'm wondering what? if there is an olfactory and I'll, I should reach out to uh, Dr. Carlton, the butt doctor, and ask him if there's like, a, 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 why can't I speak? An olfaction, like sense memory thing that Relation. triggers you to yeah. poop. It could also be that like once you've like reached your capacity of like like however many things you can rifle through your brain can see you feel overloaded there's too much stuff and then you have to like exit like also Mm. right especially at a record a record store if you're like i've gone through all the things and then i finally make my way to the back it's like you've already like you've already like seen and consumed so much museums can kind of do this to me too (laughs) not like target but I mean, if I, I, I don't know, let's, we, let's like, we we'll move, move on. on. Let's I, keep I want to look at the, I want to look at the latitude and longitudinal coordinates of where this store is. And maybe yeah. it's an energy vortex. Oh my. <laughs> it's totally true. Just everybody know that we'll have the finest scientists on the yes, case. Yes, definitely know them. Um, <laughs> just a phone call away. <laughs> and, and, uh, and a board certified doctor. <laughs> Well, we can move into some headlines, everybody. Uh, this is pretty awesome. And, you know, since I was doing some research and saw a lot of Michigan fodder, this, this, our headlines are a little Michigan heavy. That's where I'm from, by the way. Um, if you guys didn't know that, the Detroit suburbs, I'm from <laughs> Rochester, Michigan. Shout out, everybody. But here's some great news. We saw this on DetroitEater.com. This is so awesome. Uh, Basically, essential workers, which right now we consider our grocery store workers and our restaurant staffs, they're going to get vaccinated in Detroit because they are not offering that out here in California at the moment. It's not a local decision that they are offering. And, And what we're seeing is a ton of pushback because servers are like, how dare you consider us essential 
like and you're putting us in a category with healthcare workers and we actually are some of the few people who get exposed to customers who don't have to wear a face covering for a certain portion of the exchange and like but we're not eligible for a vaccine like we're not they're saying yeah. we're not essential you view us as expendable because it's like let's not you know we've been really Ugh, just fired up about this. It's it's not that it's like, no, it's about getting them back to work and not keeping them safe. It's people want to go out to eat. It's more that we're catering to the people who want to go have their service, but don't care about the safety of the people who make it happen. So I am like so fired up and excited that um, Detroit service industry people are going to get their shots. So that say was, yes. I think that was big news here in New York this morning, too. They're starting really? to do that. Yeah. <gasps> Good. Yeah. And actually, Brooke, I think Long Beach is doing Long it Beach in California. Of all places. I, I, that is a. Oh, they're pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. That's what I read originally. And I think it's just going to be it'll 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 like tr- start happening. I think in bigger cities, I think people once once there's more supply and things get recalibrated a bit, I think I certainly hope that we would start seeing it in Los Angeles and bigger well, cities. Is the, is the real um, issue here classism? Right. Is that, yes. is that is that the word? Yes. Um, you know, in the sense of the, a lot of these people, not all of these people that are working in restaurants are, you know, uh, people of color, uh, mm-hmm. tons right. of actors, people, you know, uh, people gig, who gig these workers. Are, this is a, a yeah, gig workers. This is a transitional job here for a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, it's it's the others, right? Not the people who are working for the banks or and, and also not to mention and I'm I'm t- I am coming to you live from Omaha, Nebraska this week because I had to come home for a family emergency, but like the the governor who we talk shit about a lot on this podcast because he sucks. Uh Pete Ricketts is his name. Um he has implemented uh a state or has made a statement that says that uh undocumented workers will not be receiving vaccines. Because he's a monster yeah, person. Sounds like it. It makes wow. zero sense to me. Like, how is this a, to make that like like everybody should just get one? And it's it, it'll happen. You know, like he also was like, no mask mandate, no Mahan. Like the government went above his head. But like, there's so many meat packing plants. There's so many people that work in restaurants. There's so many jobs that undocumented workers do in Nebraska. And the sheer fucking balls on this guy to pull that you know it's just it makes zero sense so, to me I'm who does fucking... he expect to do the work when when those right. people god forbid get sick you know right well right and, I, I, and what you said was uh you know that this is a classist issue because we provide a service that makes people with the money more comfortable you know so yes the, like it, it's the way the exchange is that it's like well we want people to be able to have their manicures and pedicures but if that you know if that latino lady uh latina excuse me or like asian woman uh is not documented well fuck her no vaccination and also she's probably not been receiving any sort of you know uh employment assistance while their you know uh stores have been shut oh i just yeah it is i mean Uh, these are also the people that are terrified to go get vaccines for fear of getting taken away uh or even get tested for fear of getting taken away by ice you know or the police why would they trust a gut why would they trust a government that has never given them given them anything before to vaccinate them properly you're not going to so uh obviously this is like a whole can of worms and we've got other show to go down but i I would (laughs) i love that you had the headline on like the big 
beginning of the Detroit news, like as great news. And they're like, this is where we I just know. were just like, let's slash that all away and get to the shitty part <laughs> of it. Like, I know. But, okay, well, we do? like mucking in the shit today, apparently, because we've been talking about shit since the beginning. <laughs> it's true. Oh, we've been Full on circle, a, ladies. Full we've circle. We've been on a street. Hello. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, well, okay. But the good news is if you are currently working in a state uh, and a restaurant service industry job, there's a good chance the vaccine will be made available to you. And, you know, we believe in science over here. And so we are always willing to, you know, point you toward good information and help encourage you to help encourage others to do it. We got this. So, yeah, if it's offered to you, get excited and take it. Um. So, yeah. Anyways, but I mean, Michael, what we've been seeing like crazy, too, is, you know, restaurants pushing back and refusing to show up to their jobs and striking and basically starting to gather to unionize our, you know, our line of work, which I think is what the future holds. Well, maybe and maybe not, because I don't know how much you know about um, the Stardust uh, Diner here in New York. The Stardust Diner uh-huh. here in the city is where all the musical theater actors or a lot of them, oh, yes. uh, you know, they sing for while you dine, you know, as they serve you, they're belting their faces off. Yes. And many, many times it's you just Google it. It's there. They've tried to unionize and the Stardust owners just fire them all before they can uh, organize. And then they'll protest for a little while outside and then it all just goes away. Right. I think the difference is the pandemic has forced servers and service industries hands where if you see it happening everywhere and we all, you know, decide that, hey, listen, there's more of us than there are of you. Um, and we rise up and do an insurrection that just involves you not getting your eggs um, <laughs> in your section. <laughs> in, yes. Yeah, your in your section insurrection. <laughs> We're going to do an in your section. In your section insurrection. <laughs> that kind of sounds dirty. I know. I think it sounds like a like a song from like Greece, the musical Greece, yeah. <laughs> like Greece two actually, um, which was just a movie. But <laughs> there there are examples of people. You know, everyone in the service industry in the state of Nevada is unionized, and everyone's protected whether or not they want to join the union because that's how strong and effective it's been for that last however decade or more. But that is a fantastic example to look to for the future of this industry. So we're, we're going to keep talking and teaching on that uh, on this podcast as we learn more and can highlight more stories. But um, this was a story that made me feel kind of sad, you guys. Uh, I know it's like good news, more bad news. Independent bowling alleys are all potentially not going to make it, which is like, I don't know how y'all heartbreaking. It's like, oh, boy. Um I think Brooke and I spent like the whole, like most of our twenties in Chicago that we had together in divey bowling alleys. Um, so this really hits. But home after this for us, whole pandemic thing, do you really want to be wearing other people's shoes? <laughs> well, they spray the stuff, right? Yeah, the <laughs> stuff. You don't even know what the stuff is. It could just be Febreze. Hey, the disinfectant. Well, I mean, I'm sure that they'll uh, the 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 that there'll be new stuff. It's really for me. It's not so much about like. Wearing the shoes because I don't know. I'm not going to like put my feet in my mouth afterwards. I think they'll be disinfected. But like, I think it's, and what this article talks about is that like a divey old bowling alley, a teeny tiny one is they've already had to revitalize themselves in many ways. Like, I mean, there's, there's obviously the pro bowling alleys, which have their own side of things happening, but like, 
you know, they had to make a push at one point to be like, we have to install like fancy food and a bar and really gear toward like foodies or hipsters or like young, a younger generation that will come in and revitalize our business. So a lot of them have already been like, cool, we made it once. And now this pandemic is making it even more awful. I know. And this suddenly turns into, you know, like you'll see me out like trying to gather money for a GoFundMe to save, you know, all the local like like the Pickwick out here in Los Angeles. Oh, God. And it just makes me so sad because as we're watching also independent restaurants struggle, places like, you know, uh, have you ever been to Cafe 101 if you've ever visited out here, Michael? No, I uh, I haven't made it to L.A. proper. (gasps) I've made it all over California, just not L.A. oddly enough. That is odd. We'll have to make that happen once it's uh, safer to get out and about. But, you know, it's just like, I'm trying to think of what would be like the I know the TikTok diner on 34th and 8th Avenue is a garbage dump, but a lot of people do meet there. Yeah, they have have a good patty melt. Uh, Don't knock the TikTok. Okay, I won't knock the TikTok. So I'm just trying to place it as something comparable where everyone knows it. And this place was called Cafe 101. And like everybody in L.A. who's lived here for 10 years at the very least is like, that's it was after a night of revelry. We go and we sober up because they're a 24 hour diner. It's people's favorite meeting place where they're like, we launched the idea for our show there and then would have meetings once we sold it. It's like a great first date spot and they're not going to make it, you know, and it's just it's the places that we all consider to be so incredibly special. It's like and then you add on to it like, oh, my God, bowling alleys. It's one of my favorite ways to hang out with friends or to get family together where everyone can do something is, you know, like where you've got the grumpy uncle who doesn't bowl, but he'll sit there and drink, you know, and like there's entertainment for everybody. (laughs) And I didn't even stop to consider how at risk, you know. The in- yeah, independent yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad. It's I mean, it's sad all around. So Ugh. many, so many of uh, the my favorite New York places just gone. Gay bars gone. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. how is anybody supposed to survive with this? With this happening and with no help, and I, I, I feel like this would be a four-hour podcast if we just yes. keep going down this route. You know, I know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, what oh, I'm yeah. most concerned with now, now that I'm thinking about going back to a bowling alley, because I really do love bowling alley. Who's disinfecting the holes? The holes, I know, or <laughs> the dirty Twitter holes. Or, uh, yes, the dirty Twitter it. holes. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I see it this way, where you you just like dunk your hands. In like there's just like a bucket of open hand sanitizer, Sandy. you know, and then <laughs> boom, hand into the ball. And that's just the rule. While while you're bowling with that ball, you have to have sanitized hands. Wait, I don't know. A bucket of open sanitizer. <laughs> then I then I picture it like you making stock and you have to like skim the it's scum true. off the top. I mean, you could also just pump the sanitizer and the same thing would happen. I'm not. <laughs> oh, God. Brooke's like, nope. I want buckets. All right. Bucket Le- leave it to me to take us down to uh, a whole disinfection conversation. <laughs> it's okay. We cover we cover it all on this podcast ad nauseum. Well, we're going to move into another portion of the show called Server Submitted Stories yeah. with a bakery theme. These are some great stories this week, Michael. Uh, I'm very excited to share this. Thank you, as always, everyone who writes in. It was really cool that I got two uh, back-to-back from some 
some listeners who both happen to have more um, the bakery side experience of service industry, which uh, we've been asked if we would do an episode more tailored to that. And yeah, 100 percent. I've had a job like that, too. So I could dig deep and we can. Andrew, you have too, right? Uh, Yeah, I worked at a bakery in uh, when I was like 19. Uh, Yes. Yeah. You're so, okay. Yeah. And it has its own set of frustrations, as we will soon find out. Um, the subject of this server submitted story is a bakery story, cookie desecration, and some red hot primal rage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, ladies. I've been listening for a while since we entered this incredibly boring dystopian hellscape, and I so appreciate the stories. On a gap year from college, I decided to get some good old-fashioned real-world experience by working in a local bakery that I had frequented, frequented in high school. This place is beloved by most anyone who goes there. The coffee's good, and the baked goods are some of the best around. So, naturally, it was a fucking nightmare to work at. Aside from the utter lack of parking and six-hour-long weekend rushes, the owners were tactless, domineering micromanagers. Why is it always the best places that are run by the worst people? It's because they do good business. And when you do good business, you don't have to be a nice person sometimes. Although I disagree, but it's something we accept. Okay. I have many, many stories from my short time working there. But to avoid sending you a manuscript, I'll start with the most blood-boiling encounter I had. I could not stop laughing when I read this. Okay. Like all locally beloved establishments, we had our share of annoying regulars. One was an older woman named Jane. Jane was about four foot eight with big glasses, mousy hair, and the decorum of a poisonous toad. (laughs) Whenever she came in, it was customary to ignore her for as long as humanly possible or quickly find something else to do. Unfortunately, the newer people (laughs) were usually not briefed about Jane until after they had encountered her for the first time. And anyone who knew who she was would automatically abandon the counter or busy themselves upon seeing her enter, purposely leaving their poor, naive shadow to take her order. This was admittedly cruel, but when it came to Jane, self-preservation was of the utmost importance. Sorry. On this slow, sunny afternoon, I was already alone at the counter, so there was no eligible sacrifice when Jane came scuttling into the store. I took the deepest breath I could muster and watched her approach the counter. I didn't bother greeting her verbally since she ignored me every time. One of Jane's many charms was her custom of asking what at least five items were before deciding what she wanted. She did this, and after asking what the banana bread was three times in a row, she said, I'll take a chocolate chocolate chip cookie with the least amount of chocolate chips. (laughs) After processing the insanity of her request, I popped on a pair of gloves and began shifting through the stack of cookies. Eventually, I found one that looked pretty naked and handed it to her in a wax sheet, no bag. This is where things went from bad to worse. Jane immediately broke the cookie in half and jammed one half into her froggy mouth. While she open-mouthed chewed, she began dissecting the other half of the cookie, excavating every single chocolate chip. No, 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 there's too many chips in here, she moaned, spraying crumbs across the clean counter. Have you ever felt your actual bones get hot with rage before? That's what started to happen to me. It's a chocolate chip cookie, I retorted, unable to control myself. Well, I'll just exchange it for something else then. Oh, hell no. You can talk to my manager about that, I replied in a near manic voice. And with what I made and with that, I made my way to the opposite counter where my manager had been watching with a mixture of exasperation and horror. 
She just annihilated that cookie and wants to know if she can exchange it for something else. I told her, my voice quivering. My manager gave me a look that was almost exclusively reserved for Jane's situations and told me she'd handled it. I followed her back to the counter and immediately grabbed the largest size black cold brew we had to calm my nerves. <laughs> my manager told me, you know, I was like, okay, if, black, if cold brew is calming your nerves, you are up here. A bakery worker. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> my manager told her she was under no circumstances letting her exchange a half-eaten, half-defiled cookie for a new item, and she would have to pay for both. Well, a discount then, Jane ventured. No, Jane, you pay for both. My unflappable manager, who had worked at the bakery for like seven years at that point, had the same quiver of rage in her voice as me. I wiped the same spot over and over until Jane left. And when my manager turned to face me, she thrust her hand forward at me and exclaimed, look at my hand. I'm fucking shaking. <laughs> it's probably the cold brew, everybody. If there's anything I can say about service jobs, it certainly teaches you how to deal with the chains of the world. I have many more bakery stories I'd be happy to share. I met some of my best friends and my wonderful boyfriend at that job, and I genuinely wish I could have stayed there without losing my sanity. I returned to college instead, having decided the real world could wait a little longer. Godspeed and good tips, Maddie. Pronounce Maddie, not Mad-Eye, like the wizard from Harry Potter. Ah, yeah, moody. <laughs> oh, my. I, I love the way you read stories. I want you to do like children's story hour next. Oh, oh thanks. Yeah, unfortunately, no one writes anything uh, age appropriate um, <laughs> on this podcast. But yes, one day if I have children or someone lets me around theirs, I'll read a story to them. Um, I think we've all had our feels uh, with Jane customers. Brooke, I certainly know you have told several stories about when you worked at the vegan restaurant in uh, on the Upper East Side. I mean, this is when, and this is one of the joys of the job, as you know, Michael, is like the only way to survive is by labeling people sort of like what they are so that you can have shorthand speak across the in in restaurant without giving yourself away, you know, because and you, it'd be like covert, you know, code names for people where there was this customer at the vegan restaurant. I just hated her so much. And she had this like, she was really old and her hair looked like a wisp of like white cotton candy, like a like a twirl of soft serve that went straight up off of her head. So I was like soft serve, you know, you'd be like, uh, you know, 10 four soft serve and everyone be like, oh, God, she's here. And um, yeah, there was a guy named Keith. And, and again, here's the thing. We also realize as we get older and learn more about people's behavior and not everyone is like us, that a lot of these people have some sort of disability or they might be on the spectrum in some way and they're just trying to make their way through the world and we just think they're annoying and don't realize that like every day is a struggle for them you know and then there are some people who are just plain assholes you know i just i used to work for a very very fancy hotel that shall not be named here in the city and so there were regulars but then there was there was always a never-ending cycle of terrible people that came through. Like, yes. like the woman who asked me if the red wine was hot. And I was like, <laughs> what? It's red wine. You're and like, by then I was so over this job too that like I just I just I I just wasn't <laughs> nice. And so I, I had to end up quitting because I just was I found myself not being nice to people. <laughs> no, you can only hear so many things. Things like that. Oh, yeah. You know, where you're like, are you thinking of mold wine? Yeah, and is it December? I, I, do, I know. It's I'm like, not. she's like, I read about it in a magazine. 
And now like, I'm in New York. Give me the hot classic hot wine New York City experience. <laughs> New York style hot wine. Well, I was like, it's red wine. I, I mean, one of my friends was like, Michael. Because <laughs> everyone was embarrassed. Because I just poured it for her and I pushed it at her. And I just looked at her crazy. And I was like, this is what you're getting. She, that's period. a true New York experience that she got right there. But oh, yeah. that, was, that was authentic. <laughs> oh, my God. So many, so many experiences. Or there was always that one person who wanted the the one thing they couldn't have. Oh, of course. And that is their goddamn, their life becomes the white whale. And it's like, can you just (laughs) fucking check in the reality, you know, because your life would. $50,000 for this party. Why do you want that one thing that isn't here when there's (laughs) everything else? Everything. (laughs) I know. Oh, that, that, and that, that is an, that is like a personality trait and disorder that is such like a half glass empty type of human and miserable. Um, ugh, I oh, could yeah. just hear about the, the Janes. Uh, yeah, guys, write, write in and tell us about the Janes in your life. Let's move on to the next story. Um, here we go. Hey, guys, I'm in the process of reopening my location for service, and I just wanted to say a big old thank you for keeping me entertained while I scrub everything floor to ceiling after being closed for seven months. She said it, it's it's gross is what, is what they say. Well, I'm up to my elbows in sandy buckets and green billow brillo pads. I've been thinking about the things that make me love my job and keep my spirits up. There's one story that keeps popping into my mind. I was fresh out of undergrad and working in a small custom bakery. It was a cutesy place with a prominent local reputation as the bakery had won uh, the Cupcake Wars. And part of the uniform was was a peppy, upbeat attitude with guests no matter what the situation. One day, an older woman came into the shop looking to order a cake. I put on my cheery face and asked her all the questions I needed, uh, the answers to. It was a simple order, a six-inch strawberry shortcake. She mentioned it was her husband's favorite with whipped cream frosting, a shell border top and a bottom and strawberries on top. Without looking up from the order sheet, I said her husband has good taste in cake and asked uh, what she wanted to have written on top. She didn't answer. When I looked at her, (laughs) this woman was in tears, like silently bawling her eyes out. I immediately froze, wondering what I had done to prompt this. (laughs) She cried for a minute before collecting herself enough to tell me that she wanted happy birthday dad written on top in chocolate ganache. She then proceeded to tell me that her husband had passed earlier that year and that she was getting together with her kids to throw a birthday party for him. Now, I'm not an emotional person. (laughs) Uh, I'm not an emotional person, but that story had me misting up something fierce. I'm tearing up now even thinking about it. She said again that the strawberry shortcake was his favorite and that he loved our cakes. Holding on to my composure with both hands, I completed her order, gave her my sincerest condolences, and then hid in the bathroom to weep for a few minutes. Three days later, she came to pick up her cake and started crying all over again when we opened the box for her approval. She said it was perfect. Thanked us up and down for helping her through that, through helping her through this time and for making her ordering experience experience so pleasant. 
Everyone in that shop was besides themselves for the besides themselves for the rest of the day. And now five years later, when my customers are rude or condescending, when they're being difficult, when they have to scrub out a walk-in cooler, or when I have to walk in scrub out a walk-in cooler by myself from top to bottom, I remember why I do what I do. I work in this industry because I have the power to make people's lives better every day. And when I'm successful, there's no better feeling in the world. Godspeed and good health, ladies. We make a difference, Andrea. It was my name. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So I and well, you know, I don't know what Brian's going to edit out, but I, you, I will tell you guys the reason I'm in Omaha is because my mom's partner passed last week, and this <laughs> story, Andrea, is gorgeous. So I'm feeling feelings. You guys should all know. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think we all do you, make honey. a difference. Yeah. Like we do make a big difference, and um, just for everyone. Uh, listening out there, um, I warned Andrea in advance. This wasn't a stunt. <laughs> I thought to... I was prepared. The story's no, so good. I couldn't. It's a it's a beautiful story, and I just love the crossover and the emotion and everything we're all going through right now. And you specifically in this time and place, um, I felt like that that was a kindred spirit sort of story for you to carry. Um, I'm going to add a little note on that. Like, so Dan, who uh, is my mom's partner's name, he greatest guy, you know, stories, Brooke, a crazy yeah. stories, but I will say uh, in his retirement, like started smoking meat. And so we, in the deep freeze, there was probably a $300 Wagyu Nebraska beef uh, rib roast that we roasted in his honor the other night and it was perfect. So yeah, I will say that. for. <laughs> I love it. Foodies, the, the, the Wallace, the Wallace uh, family, just foodies to the end. I mean, that's how you guys, that's how the Wallaces honor people. They we're like, we smoked some meat in your honor, Dan. I love that. Listen, uh, I talk about this all the time on my podcast, and I'm sure you ladies do as well, about how, like, every moment is centered around food. Like, yes, everything. Like, yeah. we can, we can, um, basically apply any real moment to food. And one thing um, a former guest of mine said, shout out to you, Dan Pelosi. Uh, you may have come across Grossi Pelosi on the internet. Um, <laughs> he came on and in Italian, his uncle said, uh, no one, no one dies at the dinner table. Right. And um, I've had a bunch of responses on how that was interpreted through guests. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, whether it's through recipes, right, carrying them along through smoked meat, you know, or even like through stories, right? If if well, food wasn't part of their legacy, you know, around the dinner table, these people will always live forever. Absolutely. It's a sentiment. It was not my sentiment, but I carry it. I carry it from him and I give credit to him because I love it. I just really, really love that. Like, I mean, I love it so much. That, it, it, that might, I would maybe put that on like uh, that saying and hang it up in my house. Like, I mean, yeah. that's how much I like that. It's nicer when he said it in Italian. Yeah. I'll, I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send it to you in Italian. Yes, please. Yes, let's class it up. Let's, yes. You guys, Ooh. I'm going to do some beautiful font and get it stenciled on my dining room wall. <laughs> I un love underneath it. where it says, no. live, laugh, love. No, you need, a, you need it in needlepoint, I think. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm just going to write it in marinara sauce. Oh, boy. Well, you guys, as um, always, Thank you so thank you so much for sending uh, these beautiful server submitted stories our way. Bakery stories, whatever stories you might have from whatever service 
line of work you ever had. If you think of one, please send them to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Michael, that was like a really beautiful transition into, you know, telling our listeners more about you and your vibe on your podcast in your mouth pod um so you really because it's been fun getting to know you and discuss this with you uh i feel like you said something that one of your listeners told you which i feel like is just so captivating and explains what you do but that your listeners when you know hearing your podcast and the way you talk about queer identity culture history through the lens of food that listeners have said, like, you are a custodian of these stories that really are universal and shared. And so um, I'm so excited to turn our listeners on to uh, your pod. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited, too. And I can't thank you enough for having me on here uh, because it's really interesting just, you know, having heard your podcast before and but now being here in person with you uh, via Zoom, obviously, safely, uh, that my podcast, we talk about food all the time. And I never considered myself a custodian of anything but my bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Janitorial services, I clean a good toilet. But it's, um, we just started, I just started asking them very informally about how they started cooking, right? What, What that memory was like when their mom was cooking. Oh, you were talking about your mom. What was coming out like? And all of a sudden, we went from baking cakes to growing up in foster care and getting kicked out of the house or stirring a pot and... Uh, uh, you know, stirring some sauce and, you know, using it as a place of Zen and gratitude. And then, you know, how, how you came out to your, to your family this way. Right. And they accepted you and loved you via that. And like, so it's, it's these stories through a food lens that really have like kind of propelled in your mouth forward. (laughs) Um, And I never set out to be a custodian until of LGBTQ stories and, this specific moment or way, I should say. But when someone said that to me, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I accept, you know, I, and I, I do. And I charge forward. I charge forward because I just set out to have have a laugh or two with some really fun gay people in, in the biz, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now you're it's great. Now you got a big old keychain on your belt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jingle jangle. We're gonna get. Maybe you. that's my new merch item. I'm just oh selling my God, ra- random sure. keys. Just b- <laughs> big random. Absolutely. I, I feel really important the more keys I have on my uh, clip, you know, and then I wear it on my belt loop just so people know I've got access to a lot of doors. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's a great Golden Girls episode where uh, Blanche thinks um, uh, someone, one of her lovers passed away, uh, the Zipper King, and she pulls out the keys to go and she has like this massive key ring. Right? <laughs> go through, men, and they're all that labeled. Is my, I know. That is men when they have the overstuffed wallets and then the gigantic key rings. And you're like, that's they don't have purses. What are they supposed to do? <laughs> I love I mean, the not hamburger that you can't wallet. Have a purse. Love a good handbag all around. 
you guys. So clearly you can uh, break off from our podcast uh, after you're done with this episode and go check him out and have some good laughs, learn some great stuff, connect, feel seen, um, just get sentimental about food. Uh, so please definitely go check out In Your Mouth. But today on this podcast, um, it's all coming together so thematically. We want to talk about the concept of when you are working in a restaurant and your friends and family come to visit. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's how I feel too. I mean, and I think, you know, we have written here too, it's like, you know, everybody wants to eat some some good food and grub and like also get that royal treatment while they're doing it, right? <laughs> but, but like you can't give away all the food. <laughs> Like if you don't own the place, it starts to get tricky. Yeah. I hate being on both sides of it, though. Yes, like both it's sides. True. Yeah, it's so, just it's just it's always awkward. Well, I think that I think that's kind of a great place to start. Um, so yeah, like what we were saying, like friends and family who frequent your place of employment, you know, it 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 can have some benefits, but then it's also one of the downfalls of the job big time. So yeah, when we're on the receiving end of this transaction, you know, as we all know, so servers are not when we're being just pedestrian customers and we know someone who works at a great bar or a restaurant, we got to establish some rules. And if some of you aren't aware of some of the unspoken rules, like let's start there. Okay. First of all, you can't walk in like you own the place, especially if you don't. <laughs> I think being low-key and courteous is king in this situation, no matter what. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's different rules depending on where you're going to be. And, like, I, I, I really think that, like, being a, like, server and then being a bartender, especially if you're, like, at just a bar, probably need to be separated in some ways because, like, that's the thing about a bartender is, like, you create a following for yourself and that includes your right. friends. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's one of those situations where, right, you've got your Tuesday night, which is not a great night at the bar. So they do. They are like, yes, cultivate your friends and your following so that we're making, you know, I, I think bars are really different in the sense that you can slip someone um, a small, you know, free can of beer or a shot and you're still making your bar ring. But that is how you do business at a bar. You give yep. some and then you get a lot back. Yep. Yeah. Can we call this section lead with grace and gratitude? Oh, like, yes. yes. You know, like as long as you walk in with a little grace and a whole lot of gratitude. Right. And, you know, and not expect anything. Yes. I, I think I think you win. everybody wins. I agree. We were saying, too, that sometimes, uh, you know, when you're a regular or a friend, this is kind of what happens, you know, in your family, too, is like you you kind of get ignored because they're going to take care of the real customers who have a, a different expectation of you where you're like, hey, I have to make sure that this transaction with these people I don't know is like tip top because I'm representing my place of employment. So you're just going to sit there and wait for a little bit. But when I get to you, don't worry, I'm going to get to you. It's it's and, true. Yeah. And to just sit there and know that your drink is maybe not going to get refreshed in the timeliest fashion, but the next one's probably going to be free. Yeah. And we talked about this last week when it comes to like being just being a bar regular. It's kind of the same deal. Like sometimes you have to wait, but other but you're going to get treated like gold. Yeah. Right. But I think in a restaurant situation, too, it's like 
it's not one of my favorite things to do. I th- I think, you know, as much as my friends in the past have been like, yeah, 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 come on, I'm doing lunch this day. You know, you can sit in my section, so on and so forth. It always ends up being a kind of weird scenario because your friend is working. They're fucking working mm-hmm. and they're going to do their best to check in on you, try and make it feel special or whatever. But if you go see them at a lunch rush, you better manage your expectations, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I mean, when we used to work at Bad Dog, like back in the day, Brooke, like you because you would have the whole section so people could like belly up to the bar that were your friends and sit there and then you would chat with them when you had to make drinks. But like, that's the deal. Like you get me for like a few minutes at a time. But if I'm busy, like that's all you get, which I think is totally fine. But like and that's friends. But when we're going to introduce family members into it, that's like a whole different ball of wax. Like especially mothers. (laughs) Oh, God. Mothers. Because I love my mother to death and my mother loves me and we are very close. But my mother is needy boots. And so she doesn't care if I'm working at fine dining or a dive bar. When she calls, I must come. Oh, no. How is she like when you got to eat together with like servers? Is she on her best behavior? Do you make sure she's on her best behavior? For sure. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes we bicker, but I'm like, nope, you can't do that. Right. Or I'll throw in an extra thank you. You know, <laughs> oh, when you're on the way out, when you say thank you 10 million times and then like usher your parent out the door and go back and put another 20 in there. Oh, hand. my God, for sure. <laughs> but this is a really good thing to bring up too. that, like them coming in. We've all had to deal with this and the we've all had to quit in our fucking moms for sure. But we school them enough that then they go hopefully pay it forward. Right. And like now they know the rules and we we release them into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> to go be good tippers and not give any sass to their servers when we're not around. We exactly. order or order mayonnaise at a very small Italian restaurant because they <laughs> probably don't have effing mayonnaise, mom. <laughs> they, they do not have and then, yeah. and then get mad about it. Just be I know, like, we, I'll go give you some Alfredo sauce. Will Alfredo sauce work? I, <laughs> <laughs> I would take it. Some fresh ricotta. Um, so, right. And I think specifically what I'm trying to crystallize in, because this applies to like the feeling straddles the line of going out to eat with your parents. But we're specifically also talking about when they drop in oh, to yeah. your place of employment, you know, which which is it's one of the benefits. I mean, when restaurants or bars have soft openings, it's friends and family night. It's it's expected that you as the staff, if you've got some local family who is interested in what you do for a living and who doesn't like to go out to eat, they're going to pop in at some point here and there. So I think it's something that we as servers have all had to learn how to do this dance so as to not piss off our manager, the owner, or the kitchen, especially if we are holding an an expectation as a server that our families are a going to get anything free or anything special. I think you really have to know your place of employment and do a little groundwork uh, just so you can set the expectation up for your parents so yeah. they don't act a fool. Totally. And then so you don't get in trouble. It's like the ultimate, like you are just this person who's caught in between t- like your work mommy and your real mommy. Oh, I know. Right. It's so true. Well, f- first and foremost, like any place that you work, right, there should be an established discount if fr- yes. friends or family come in that if if that's extended to everyone, then great. Like 
great on you. Is it limited in how many you can do a month? Probably. But like, I don't, I would never in my life had like so many people come in that I'd be like, can everybody in my section get my friends and family discount? That's like never happened. Um, no. You're an but, idiot if but, you do that. But I think if you're on good terms, I feel like sometimes if you people know your family's coming in, especially if they're from out of town and like that it's an occasion and that everybody you work with, including like the bar staff, to the wait staff, to the kitchen staff, like they make it an event for your family. That's when you know you work at a super fun place. Yeah. Or, or even how about the stranger of it all? This is like the stranger guest that you really fall in love with that you right. want to just give the hookup to, you know, because right. they've been really, really awesome. Like, and yeah, so and just because you want to, you want to send out dessert or you want to send out an extra app or you want to, you know, comp around the drinks. Exactly. Totally. And I think I think most places of employment that understand how business works, there is usually a little set of allowances, you know, because not only do we make extra food by accident, sometimes the kitchen will, you know, something got rung in twice and now there's an extra like if you're smart and know how to manage and own a restaurant, you know that there's going to be a plus or minus every shift. And so like, yeah, when someone's a fantastic customer, it should be no big deal to give them a free dessert or right. a complimentary glass of wine. Like that's a fantastic way to be. So again, I would hope to God where you work that people would be excited that you feel good enough about your job that you invited your family, you know, because for me and Andrea as well, it's like, you know, our family stay behind in the Midwest. And it's like I lived in New York City for 10 years. So it's not like my parents are walking down the street every Monday to come harass me. Right. It, was like, <laughs> it was like they're on a vacation and they could go anywhere in New York City. And I told them that my restaurant is great. And I think in those situations, that's when I have a good relationship with our head chef, you know, and when I'm like, hey, my, my family is table 13 or what have you, then the amuse-bouche starts coming out like the the preparation has an extra sparkle to it. Not that it was. I do think it's so funny, too, to be like, oh, of course, like my parents are visiting from out of town and I still have to work a Saturday night restaurant because I, I have to make I money know. when they're in town. Yeah. And 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 then uh, subject them to me being a stressed out monster running around this place. Yeah, with, yeah, like a chicken yeah. With no head cut off. Yeah, have them come in later so you can leave with them, or have them come in early and then you can like send them somewhere else to go have fun and like meet you later at a bar. You know, I I think that's a hot tip right there because yeah, it's it's I get it. You know, um, we always don't think these things through. If your parents are already visiting, you know, you're, you're you've been running around like a chicken with your head cut oh, off, God. just trying to keep them alive in the streets of New York. Yeah, you're like, but, can I just um, be in the weeds at work and not with my parents? Thank you very much. I'd much rather do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I think this can be uh, a really fun thing and very beneficial to someone you really care about who's coming in, you know, if best friends visiting from out of town. Um, I think friends do fall down in the ranking system. Absolutely. Yeah. Family is up here when they come to see you. And um yeah, I always felt like it was communication, letting my, you know, my boss know in advance, like, hey, like my folks are in town and I'm going to I'm making a reservation for them um, this night. And then everyone knows your folks are coming. You can do the warm welcome. It's not a surprise where suddenly you're like, hey, that's my mom and dad. Um, what do you want to do about it? Because that puts <laughs> we, we all know managers, you have to do a dance around them. Are they in a good mood tonight? Are they in a giving, gratitude-filled mood? Or are they in a mood, you know? Or are they in a K-hole? Because... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> That's a very real thing as Ooh. well. But some of the things I've experienced, Jesus. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and so, right, this can be... Um, yeah, it can be tricky, like, because, you know, like the weirdest thing can set someone off and then they're on the war path against you. And now your parents are here and your manager's mad at you. And the next thing you know, like you just fucking bought their dinner for them because you don't even want to ask your manager for something like that is the situation that I think we have unfortunately found ourselves in when you expect too much or thought right. that there was going to be a big comp on the ticket and you know your parents literally think it's free dinner and then you're like oh god no and then you're like cool i'm gonna spend my tips for the night on my parents dinner that i just had to buy for them yeah i hope i i have never worked at a place like this but but i'm sure it happens and i'm sure that there has been there have been kerfuffles and sure but like i very much am like this is an event everybody get on board my parents are here you know but (laughs) That's how I feel about it, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think what's, I mean, speaking, and it'd be interesting, obviously, listeners, uh, tell us how it is with your place of employment. Tell us, you know, kind of how it's gone down when your parents or an aunt and uncle visiting or, you know, family comes in. Um, I feel like it's really reasonable to expect uh, an appetizer they didn't ask for mm-hmm. is going to come out with their starters, Right. Yeah. Maybe a little taste of something, maybe an extra big helping of French fries on the plate, you know, and perhaps a free tasty little dessert. Is there a discount at the end? Maybe not. Or maybe just one thing is comp. That is more than fine. You know, it is that is a really, really fun night out. And also sometimes we have parents and people who come in who are like weird and are like, I don't want anything free. I have a black Amex, you know, and they're yeah. like fucking big spender dad. Totally insisting on paying for everything. Or with my parents, I'll be like, don't tip me. And they'll leave me like a hundred, you know, or like whatever. <laughs> they over tip you, which is nice too. <laughs> yep. And you have to be okay with your mom walking in and letting everybody know she's your mom. Oh my God. Before you let, before you even know she's there. Name dropping <laughs> for sure. <laughs> name dropping. <laughs> the it's... name dropper parents. Cause Yep, it happens. It um, just happens. I worked at a place called Pastimes Bistro here in, in Omaha. Like, oh my God, years ago. I think I was like 19 or 20 because you can serve alcohol at 19 in, in, in Nebraska. And they came in for dinner one night and my mom had, she was like, I'm going to drink. It was a gin and tonic night for mommy. Um, <laughs> and she, I think by the third, I was like seriously at another table taking order. And she was like, Andrea. Andrea, I need another gin and tonic. (laughs) I was like, I've never been so embarrassed. I go, they go, um, is that your mom? And I go, yeah. Yeah, that's in there. And everybody laughed, but I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my mom. Um, Yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about. They they don't separate. They do not separate it. You are their child. You know what I mean? And they want what they want. And yeah, like Michael says, like just they, that's the moms are who want what they want. Try, now try it now picture that happening in a like five-star michelin rated oh lord restaurant here in the city yeah Same exact what's, scenario what's your mom's name michael mama gladys mama, mama gladys. oh gladys is such an underused name i love it i love her to death she's my life and 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 michael brooke and i both have mothers where if you put a little a couple little drinks in them boy oh boy do they get sassy Oh, they oh yeah. My, my mother will fight you. Because uh, my last birthday, it almost happened. She she almost fought a table of lesbians because they cursed at her. 
Oh my God, she'd kill me if she knew I told that story. Oh, well, <laughs> Gladys. whatever. But like, I nobody think tell we, my mom, please. With, don't worry, our parents, our parents still can't find the podcast button on their phone. Oh, I know. So. I think that when your parents come, and especially when you have your, you know, moms who have a, little, a couple of sips of whatever, they think they're like, I'm in on it. I work here too. Like yep. I am part of everything. Um, chatting, chatting, chatting. When I worked at Buca de Beppo, I do not have my Buca Bell. Hold on. Hold on um, hold on. thank hold you. On. There we go. The old Buca Bell. There's a thing. Uh, if you guys didn't know this, where you can sit at the kitchen table, right? And so you go in and you you sit in and you watch watch the expediting and like every time there's a runner and you show the people like what you're taking out. Now that is service. Now when my mother sat on that in that kitchen on that table she got i mean there was yelling they were like oh she knew all the like line cooks by name by the end of the night and what, they were why all talking this with into each other tony and tina's wedding oh it's like, very much yeah yeah but that's but they encouraged her to do it you see is the thing like i wouldn't have done i wouldn't have done it i was just like oh. and i think that uh and this is another thing when your coworkers are out to embarrass you and your family <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Shout out to all the extra moms out there. The moms mm-hmm. that are just extra. Like <laughs> I I love I love the scenario where you go up to your manager and you're like, I actually need to be cut because my mom just grounded me. Uh, I I gotta go to my room. <laughs> I have to go unload the dishwasher before I can roll my silverware. <laughs> so funny. Oh my um, god. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole cute thing. And, and I will tell you what, especially visiting the bigger cities, my parents just, my dad especially, he hates to feel like he's a tourist. And so anywhere that someone has known me and said, oh, these are your parents, Brooke? Like, that's those are the only places he ever wants to go back to. He doesn't want to learn anything else about New York City ever again. He wants to go to the neighborhood dive bar where they remembered his name and my mom and dad both got comped two rounds of wine. This it was so funny. This is like typical. This is when we're together versus them coming to see me. But they'd never had a bartender pick up rounds for them they were like i'm sorry what and it was before dinner and we'd each had three huge glasses of wine and i I lived across the street from the bar my mom said no word to us we turned our back for a second turn around lights are off in my bedroom where she was staying the box fan was turned on she had pajamas on and the covers pulled over her head and she fucking went to bed at 5 p.m because she was day drunk Same thing with my mom in the gay bar. There's a gay bar here in Manhattan called Jim, uh, G-Y-M, mm-hmm. and uh, which she calls Gay Young Men's Bar, which it's that's not what it stands for. It's just the but, gym. But, it's pretty good, though. <laughs> well, good. How about how about it could be Gladys is your mom's bar? Yeah, it, that, it could be that, too. But they love her there. They know her by name. Right. If she's meeting me in Chelsea, I'll tell her to meet me one place. Nope. She'll stop in. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and get a uh, and get a pint of a uh, vodka orange juice all to herself. Yummity yum. It's it's the little things. Right. Um. So, yeah, definitely let us know if you've got parent regular problems um, and how you handle that at your place of work. And 
to wrap up the episode, I think the other side of this that gets way more dicey in terms of you keeping your job is the friend situation when your friends come to work. And Andrea first, like at the top of this topic, you know, mentioned that very different rules. If you're the bartender and have to curate your night, it's really encouraged. But for every other situation, I think as young servers and bartenders, we've all learned the hard way in either getting reprimanded or getting fired from um, overdoing it with friends coming to visit and and get, giving away too much. Totally. I even think it's like weird and be like, we'll hang out later. Why are you go? What are you doing? <laughs> just meet me. At, just meet me over there when I, I was. I'll text you when I'm off. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, or they come or they come during dinner service and expect you to drink. Right. Oh, oh yeah like take shots and stuff yeah yeah so not... if this is more like advice to that friend out there um that this can be a stressful surprising situation i think it works best if your friend who is serving or bartending has said hey monday nights after 10 are when it's best for me to have friends and we all know We go to that bar where you see the corner with the three people sitting, you know, side by side by side at the stool where the bartender is fully leaning and ignoring everyone else. You're Mm -hmm. like, this is their slow night. This Mm -hmm. is the night that they can choose when they want to serve the regular customers. But right now they're bullshitting with their friends. Absolutely. I actually think that's like really and it's true. Like the more you think about it, like I love the nights that you can have to curate and that. And those are the most fun nights anyway. That's where the, yeah, that's where the all close up shop and we'll go to like a four or 5 a.m. bar on a Tuesday night happens. Like that's when, that's when you, you and your friends get into trouble. Right. But I feel like because younger people are seen, you know, we are younger folks. Um, and especially when you're in your 20s, you're definitely seen as a grubber. So when you are coming into your friend's place of employment, if a manager or someone catches wind of it, I think what sucks is they will start watching you, the server, like a hawk and seeing if like did something just go out there that shouldn't have gone out there. They're going to double check your receipt. So I think it's another situation where you get ahead of it. And I think the classy move, if you're the server, is can I buy my friends a round of drinks? Mm-hmm. And they're either going to say yes, or if they're cool, they're going to be like, I got this one. I think, though, you have to communicate so that they don't think you're fucking comping and stealing shit Mm -hmm. because they get real weird when it's your friends. Totally. Totally. If not, just tell them to come see a drink. Power hour. (laughs) Yeah, it's not power hour. And um, I just wanted to add a little tag to all of this because different states have different rules and here the dining is weird in new york city but if people are trying to give at least in my mind if people are trying to give you free ish at this moment in time when they've been closed down for seven months um can i just say please say no and pay for it yeah (laughs) like very well out there like it it happened to me um with one of the gay bars because they were having a GoFundMe to save them. And then I went to go support them, right? Outside dining, socially distant, you know? Um, And then she tried to comp the bill. And I was like, you have a GoFundMe going. What are you doing? No, absolutely not. It is, but it's like, it's so like, it is a lot to be like that, that that mentality is still there with everybody that like you mean so much to them. Just seeing your face is enough, but like you're, it's absolutely true. Just like, 
throw all your money. Yeah. So pay for everything and tip the shit out of every, you know, just give totally. all the money you can. Or just no, ask, I- ask for a rain check. Be like, oh my God, I love that you did that. But like, can we do this in like five months when you're like open to full capacity? Yeah. Like, then can we can I- laugh about it. We can just laugh about it. <laughs> can we laugh about it and let <laughs> and me just pay for this now? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My my local coffee shop is doing a warm clothing drive for Skid Row. And it was like, donate coats or a blanket or sweatshirt and get a free coffee. And I came with like a big load of stuff and put it in there. And he was like, all right, that coffee's on us. I was like, absolutely not. No way, Paid no way. for it and over tipped. I was just like, I don't I don't want a free coffee. In ex- like, I was like, it was a two pronged thing where I'm like, I want to help people regardless. And you guys are so sweet. But like. You've barely held it together the last 10 months. I'm paying for my goddamn coffee. Yeah, so listen, you know? and like, oh, okay. I, I don't have millions of dollars. I, I, I don't. Barely, I barely got a thousands of dollars, right. if that. I, but I have coffee money. I have you know? coffee money. But I have, I have coffee money. And if I'm going someplace, I can, I, like, I obviously can afford to be there. So, right. like, just. Do the do the right thing is my message, right? Yes, is so, a, is a nice way to to come full circle through the whole conversation. I think do the right thing, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Lead with grace and gratitude, absolutely, and have low expectations and do the right thing. Yeah, and when yep. we're all able to be back together, like that, they said, just be on your best damn behavior when you go see your friends at work. Uh, Michael, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being uh, our guest today. The pleasure was all mine. You've warmed Good. the tackles of my heart. Oh, I And, it. you know, we're excited to start, you know, teasing out some bigger and better things that we're all going to be doing together at some point in the future. So, guys, definitely go support and check out In Your Mouth Pod. And you'll be hearing more of all of us uh, collaborating at some point very soon. Um, wow, it feels exciting to just even start teasing out what we're up to, everybody. <laughs> um, but yes, guys, check out In Your Mouth Pod. Thank you, as always, for listening to us. We love you all to pieces. Andrea, we love you. We miss you. Thank all you. your love to your family. Thank you. Return home safely soon. And we will talk to you all next week. Until then, you know what we say. Godspeed. And good tips, guys. And good health. See you later.